So when was the last time Lincoln Riley lost a quarterback recruiting battle? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are always free, and we appreciate your support. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't been a, become a subscriber yet, do me a favor. You'll enjoy it. Hit that red subscribe button. And if you like the show, there's a like button. Go ahead and send your like. It means a whole heck of a lot. And don't forget to hit that notification button so you know every time an episode is posted. But you already know Locked on USC comes at you five times a week. This episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel slash Locked on today to get started. So once Lincoln Riley sets his sights on his future Heisman winner that he plans to coach up, he typically gets his guy. In 2023, he landed quarterback Malachi Nelson, widely considered the number one quarterback prospect in the entire country. In 2022, uh, he already had an ace up his sleeve when he arrived at USC, and he had a Miller Moss in, in the hole. In 2021, he got his ace. So if you haven't figured it out yet by now, in 2021, Caleb Williams was his quarterback recruit for Oklahoma when he came over to USC. Obviously, Caleb Williams came along with him. In 2020, uh, his recruiting class, his quarterback of his class, um, it, it, I'm not saying he didn't like the quarterbacks that were available, but uh, he did end up getting Chad, Chad Morris's kid who at the time was the head coach of Arkansas. Um, since then, Chandler Morris has left Oklahoma, has transferred to TCU, and Chandler's father, Chad Morris, the former head coach at Oklahoma, is now an offensive analyst for the University of South Florida. So um, whether or not Lincoln missed out that year, I don't know. I guess it's hard to say. Chandler wasn't one of the more... Um, highly rated quarterbacks in the 2020 class. In 2019, uh, the name Spencer Rattler should ring a bell. I know USC was recruiting him. He ended up with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who was eventually replaced by Caleb Williams. Now, enough history. Let's talk about 2024. Uh, first, we know... If you follow recruiting, you know that Lincoln Riley had his sights set on um, DJ Lagway, uh, big-time quarterback commit um, prospect, who is now committed to the University of Florida. Again, this is we're talking 2024 class, where everybody's recruiting for now. Uh, Dylan Riola, who initially chose Ohio State over Lincoln Riley and USC. Um, since then, he's decommitted from the Buckeyes, and USC is right back in the thick of it. 
So while neither Lagway or Riola are are technically bound to anybody right now, they're just they're verbal. Well, Lagway is a verbal commit to uh, Florida. Dylan Riola is now playing the field. He is um, making sure he makes the right decision the second time around. He doesn't want to jump into it too quickly like he like he thought he did with Ohio State. So um, is there a chance, though, that Lincoln could miss out on both top targets? You know, obviously, since Lagway went with Florida, he moved on and focused all of his efforts and energies into Dylan, uh, into Dylan's camp. But um, Nebraska is all in on Dylan as well as Georgia. And I guess both are, are considered, you know, Lincoln Riley's biggest hurdles, uh, even though other programs are also recruiting uh, Dylan at this time, uh, including, you know, programs like Colorado, Oregon, Miami, Michigan, Texas, uh, none of whom, none of those programs are really threats or battles for his services. Uh, Dylan, who was back in Lincoln, Nebraska this past weekend, uh, he does plan to return to Lincoln, Nebraska uh, on March 25th, and he also plans to see Georgia the weekend of March 18th and 19th. Now, if you remember, it was about a week ago when I told you that 2024 quarterback Dylan Rowa, he had dropped um, his unofficial visit to Georgia back then. Well, obviously, he's rescheduled. So since then, though, um, he hasn't rescheduled another visit to USC. Don't panic. There's no reason to panic. I told you back in January um, on a previous episode of Locked on USC that, you know, Dylan and Lincoln Riley are very close. Um, they talk every day. Now, as far as when he's going to return to USC, uh, he told on three's national recruiting guru, Chad Simmons, I kind of just feel when it's the right time that it will present itself. I'm just being patient, doing all my research and my due diligence so that I can make the best decision possible for myself and really just for my whole family. Now, let me put that into context right now. This is spring camp season, so there's a lot to see all over the country right now. Um, particularly Nebraska is really high on his interest list. Uh, one, because he's got a family, well, he's actually got two family connections there, but one is a coach there right now. Uh, his dad, Dominic, played for Go Big Red, Nebraska, and his uncle, Donovan, is the current offensive line coach for Matt Rule, who took over the program this offseason after he was let go from the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. So even though this is still the dead period, uh, the staff, even the, and, and Dylan was in Lincoln, Nebraska over the weekend, while the staff was off limits, you still had that, well, his uncle is family loophole that was taken advantage of. So he still got to see and talk to the Nebraska coaching staff one way. Um, and when the family showed up, to the basketball game last weekend, he literally got that that Husker Royal treatment. And if you've ever been to a Nebraska football game, you know 
they are a passionate fan base and they love their Cornhuskers. They show up win or lose till the very end. And Dylan received a standing ovation uh, when he was at the basketball game. And he even got, had a chance to throw up the, uh, what they call the, uh, the bones. If you follow Nebraska football in any way, you know the black shirts and the bones. It's, it's, it's a big thing to throw up the, that signal. And he did that. So um, his next comment, though, did catch my attention. And it's something that I've ranted about recently. And it's, it goes back to the fan passion that Nebraska showed him. Uh, the Nebraska fans at the basketball game made an impression. And this is from Dylan. It was definitely cool to see the fans and how much that they love their sports and their football. That was really special. People chanting my name. I kind of got goosebumps. It was pretty cool. End quote. So I immediately started trying to imagine that happening at a USC basketball game. I can't remember that happening at a USC basketball game. Justin Flo was at a USC basketball game a couple of years ago, a few years ago. He ended up committing to Oregon. He's now transferred to the University of Arizona. That didn't happen. Uh, another interesting comment following his visit to Nebraska. Quote, I talked to the officer coordinator, Coach Marcus Satterfield, about the offense and what they did. He recently came over from South Carolina, who he was coaching up Spencer Rattler. And I know Spencer a little bit. So I could pick his brain on what his thoughts are being in that offense. Smart move. Well, my brain went a completely different direction. And I'm thinking, maybe the topic of Lincoln Riley came up. And when he talked to Spencer, and he was picking his brain about how Lincoln handles two superstar quarterbacks on the same roster one year apart. So I bring to your attention, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. It would be the similar, situa similar situation with Malachi Nelson and Dylan at USC, maybe. Remember, Malachi, class of 2023, Dylan, class of 2024. So what about Georgia? Why should Riley be worried about those guys? Well, because Kirby Smart showed that you don't need a Caleb Williams at quarterback to win back-to-back -back national championships. I'm not saying Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Rayola is... Um, a walk-on Stetson Bennett, but uh, Kirby is using his smarts, and he, no pun intended, well, yes, there was, uh, and he pointed out that his new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, uh, worked with Matthew Stafford, who played with Riola's father on the Detroit Lions. Riola and Stafford have already connected, and the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, who won a Super Bowl, in the last couple of years, texted him recently to reach out with any questions you have about Mike Bobo. So what does Riley have to do to bring, what does he bring to the table besides, you know, a few Heisman winners and a former quarterback uh, playing in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts? Uh, well, regarding his relationship with Riley, um, Dylan said they still speak every day and quote, I would say it's pretty casual, and I ask him questions about football-related things. Not really about USC, but really just about their plays, any favorite plays, and just what he likes to call on certain downs and distance. 
We talk about football, I would say, probably the least because he's always checking in on me about my family and really just seeing how we're doing. To hear from him, it's pretty cool. So that's the latest from one of the national guys, um, Chad Simmons. Now, again, I'll ask the question, is it possible that Riley could miss out on both targets in 2024? Or what happens if Florida, if that program continues to implode? And Lagway wants to get back into the fray with USC. Then what should Lincoln do? Because remember, he was the first guy that he was going after. Um, Malachi Nelson is either going to be a redshirt freshman in 2024 or a true sophomore. And Miller Moss will be the veteran telling Nelson, hey, you got to wait your turn. So, you know, is that part of the process with Dylan right now? What is he looking at? Uh, so, would it be a huge miss for Lincoln Riley to get neither um, Riola or Lagway um, based on who's waiting to drop the clipboard for USC in 2024? In other words, you've got Malachi Nelson, you've got Miller Moss. Is it a huge miss not to get one of these guys in 2024? You've got the transfer portal at your beck and it's an intriguing question with so much time left. You know, it's still to go. Um, so I guess Lincoln Riley is going to have to get one of these quarterbacks to commit because once you get your quarterback to commit to your class, as I said on a previous episode, that's when recruiting really takes off and your class really starts to take off. Speaking of intriguing, we're up to number four. Um, that's up next in our next segment. But first, we're going to... We're going to talk a little bit about FanDuel. Why? Well, it's because we're still at that midway point of the NBA season. And now it's the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because as a new customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet you place doesn't win. So, loser, you're going to become a winner immediately. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores. Who's going to make the most three points in the game? If you're a prop bet guy, that's the type of stuff you can jump onto. And with FanDuel, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner with the NBA. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Again, this is that time of the show where I say thank you to for you making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Also, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. They have everything you need to know all in one place. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to move forward now into our intrigue list. <coughs> Pardon me. 
So we're up to number four. What And this is what makes this guy so intriguing. On We Are SCs, number four intrigue list. This is what this guy did in high school. There's a hint. I think you know where I'm going with this. He caught 45 passes, 753 yards, and 11 touchdowns, and he won a state championship. He was named the MVP of the 2023 Under Armour All-America game after he returned a punt 93 yards for a touchdown. Oh, go back a couple years. In 2021, this player was named the Max Preps Nevada Player of the Year. He won the uh, regional he was a regional champion in the 100 meter, 200 meters, and the long jump. And then in 2023, he finished the recruiting cycle as a five-star plus-plus prospect. He was the nation's number four overall recruit and the number one wide receiver. So if all that floats your boat, his older brother is a redshirt freshman, safety for the Trojans. His great uncle is a former Raiders wide receiver. Oh, and by the way, he's also a pro football Hall of Famer. Meet Zachariah Branch, younger brother to Zion and great nephew to Cliff Branch. Meet USC's newest weapon in an arsenal that is just full of shock and awe. Yeah, Zachariah Branch made the intrigue list pretty high up there, number four. So, uh, yeah, USC's got a good one. He, Zachariah might make USC's offense impossible to defend when you have Caleb Williams playing quarterback. That's scary. That's really scary for defensive coordinators. He might be a true freshman, but he's one of those, oh my God, I need to appreciate him while you can type of player. In other words, he's probably going to be around for three years and he's off to the NFL. The dude is Reggie Bush playing wide receiver. So when you add that to a wide receiver room, that includes Brendan Rice, Taj Washington, Dorian Singer, Mario Williams, et al. Um, you can yell Yahtzee a lot. I mean, roll the dice, throw them out there. You're going to couple up a winner, and you're going to be yelling Yahtzee all day long. Or in USC's case, fight on. Uh, Here's another nice thing. He's available this spring, which means he's going to be ahead of the curve by the time fall camp gets here. He's going to be part of that rotation. Will he be starting? I don't know. Will he be on the field? Yes, he will. Uh, if anything, he's going to be paired up with Ray Leak Brown returning kickoffs. We know he can return punts. So um, if you're pairing him up with Ray Leak on kickoff returns, give me some trickeration, please. Make the defense have to think, all right, who's got the ball? And defense is going one way, and then all of a sudden they got a reverse course because you flipped it to Zachariah the other way. The good things are going to happen. My guy, number four on the intrigue list. We've talked about him already. I'm going to talk about him some more because he's worth it. Tackett Curtis. 
Once again, USC's only linebacker recruit in the class of 2023. He was Mr. Football in the state of Louisiana. And while he might not be the starter this year, game one, he will be the starting linebacker when USC and LSU kick off their season in Las Vegas in 2024. Unless he's hurt, you can take that to the bank. Um, There are few uh, who believe Curtis will crack. There are a few, a a couple, who think he can crack the starting rotation by the season end. I'm one of them. By the season's end, not the beginning of the season. But if he can, let's say he's a starter halfway through the season, that means he's going to be a superstar. Uh, you know, initially, everyone wanted to compare him to former Trojan defensive great Matt Grudigan because he played running back in high school too, as well. Uh, but he's bigger than Groots, a lot bigger. <laughs> um, in fact, I think I mentioned this before. He already looks like a young Brian Cushing. And if he plays like Brian Cushing played, opposing players are going to regret it. Because Cushing played the game with the same type of reckless abandon that if you ever saw the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, remember the character Charles Jefferson, whose Camaro got crashed up by Sean Penn because they got too high? That's how Tackett Curtis. He kind of reminds me of Brian Cushing, the way he played the game. Just heat-seeking, go get the ball carrier, destroy him. I like those kind of players playing defense. It's been a while since USC's had one of those at the linebacker position. Uh, Here, Look, the players in front of him are going to be Mason Cobb, and once Eric Gentry is healthy, plus you got Rajon Davis and Shane Lee. So it's not like there's chopped liver in front of this guy. He's going to have to bust his butt. But right off the bat, I'm going to say this. Um, Mason Cobb isn't leaving the field this season. So if Tackett pushes those other names I mentioned to backup role during his freshman campaign, that's going to be more than intriguing. Uh, that means USC's got a three-year at least starter at middle linebacker or at linebacker at some capacity. Can't wait to see it happen. Spring camp starts in just a few days. I'll be out there March 8th. Media's not allowed for their first, first two days when they're wearing shorts, helmets, shoulder pads. I kid. All right, let's get into this last segment here. Tuesday marked the last day of NCA head tyrant Mark Emmert. I got a lot. I have a, many more words to use to describe him, but this is a family show. So Mark Emmert's run as the head of the NCA came to an end on Tuesday. Thank God. All I want to say is, don't let the door hit you with the where the good Lord split you, man. Just leave. Box up your stuff. Na na na. Hey hey. Bye bye. Don't want to ever hear your name again. I mean, how much time and money did you and the NCA waste on your USC Reggie Bush Todd McNair witch hunt? 
that you did it all based on the word of a convicted convicted felon. Oh, and then by the way, you ended up having to pay Todd McNair in the very end. Waste of space, waste of time. I mean, what else did you accomplish while you were at the NCA? I dare anyone out there to come to this Yahoo's defense and make the case that under Mark Emmert's watch, things got better in football, basketball, whatever. I mean, if you're out there, make the case. Please. Embarrass me, but at the same time, don't embarrass yourself. Because for every bullet point you come up with, I guarantee you I'm going to have two more on my side. On everybody else's side. So, I'm sure you're probably related to the Emmert family. But I look forward to uh, those comments, to that feedback. Prove me wrong. I mean, he screwed things up so badly. And I don't think it was intentional. The student athletes in the NCA are now free agents. Literally, they are free agents open to the highest bidding team of boosters. That happened under his watch. You know what else happened under Mark Emmert's watch? He stood over USC's grave and he upheld those draconian sanctions that were dropped down. And at the same time, he took away the ones that were dropped on Penn State. While they, that entire institution looked the other way, while some really bad things were happening within that football program. Oh, and he got really rich as the president of the NCAA. During his time on that throne, it's it's estimated he's collected anywhere between 30 and $40 million. Sounds like a that dollar amount sounds a lot like the same Yahoo, Yahoo's, who ran the Pac-12 into the ground. Oh, guess where Mark Emmert came from before he took over the NCAA? That's right. He was the president of the University of Washington. And he was the president of the school at the time when their football program went 0-12. So you can see, the dude has a great eye for making the wrong choice. A lot. On that note, I was going to mention this on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, but I went over time, so I saved it for this episode. This is in uh, regards to the uh, Pac-12 media statement um, that they keep releasing the presidents and, you know, whomever, powers that be, keep dropping statements saying that they're all on the same page and everything's going to be just fine. Well, this latest note came from Oregon State's president. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Jayathi, Jayathi Murthy. Uh, who was recently on the Bald Face Truth podcast with John Canzano. Murphy said, the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors have talked about unequal sharing of media rights revenue and unequal sharing of postseason revenue. Quote, there have been discussions about unequal shares, unequal media rights, or the college football playoff monies. We've had those discussions. They're fair discussions to have. But nevertheless, I know that what sits underneath is a commitment to the Pac-12. We want to hang together. We want to find a lot of value to each other. 
So we work out what needs to be worked out, end quote. So to those of you who are listening on podcasts and not watching on YouTube, I wish you could see my face right now because perhaps had the Pac-12 taken this approach a few years ago with USC with regard to a bigger pace of the revenue pie, maybe George Klyovkov and the others wouldn't be begging the TV networks for a deal today. And maybe USC would still be part of the Conference of Champions. But here's the thing. I think this final statement says it all. And this is really why USC needed to get the hell out of Dodge regardless. The president said, the mission of higher education and the, and the money in college athletics are sometimes at odds. Quote, there's money in football, there's some money in basketball, but athletics is more than these two things. So I'm sure she was referring to the Olympic sports, you know, the sports that are a drain, an anchor on athletic departments. Here's my opinion. The sooner everyone understands that higher education is big business and you need to have a separation like you do with separation of church and state, separate your academics and your lower level athletic programs that rely on football and basketball to pull them across the finish line. Because, uh, I don't know. If you, until you uh, you start recognizing that, that's the type of culture war and other stuff that's kind of embedded in her statement there. Um, that's going to just keep the Pac-12 where it's at. As long as that thought process thought process is is ingrained and part of it, where you've got to look out and have a more I don't know diverse woke approach to things. Um, I can guarantee you those types of conversations aren't at the forefront of the SEC or the big conference. And that's why those two conferences are going to be making money hand over fist. And that's why USC is going, they're doing the right thing and they're heading to the big. So there you go. Another episode of Locked on USC in the books. I think it was a pretty good one. I hope you liked it. I'll be back with another episode because we come at you five days a week. But until then, don't forget to check out Locked on College Basketball. And then when you're done there, head on over to WeRSC.com. A lot of good stuff for you coming up. Spring camp right around the corner. So until our next episode of Locked on USC, you know what to do, everyone.